0: The reason I'm on Tr- E. i like,
1: to see if you like, why would you lie? It's okay. Even feel it's exposed.
0: What is going on, everybody? We are back for another episode. Of Monday night special. Sitting here with the 39-year-old himself, Jim Cross. Jim, how we feeling, baby?
1: Man, excited. We got a Campbell Campbell on here. Roll humps. We got some dogs in the cunt. We got Joe
0: Cool himself, Jason Saber Cool doing his thing. Living it, loving it, and then we got Cade Keeler. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode four of Pros and Joes. Let's get after it. <laughs> what is happening, ladies and gentlemen? We are back for another episode, episode quattro. I'm here, I'm in there, like swimwear, I'm ready. Jim's ready. We got a wet dream going on right now. We've got a St. Louis Cardinal and an Atlanta Brave in the building. We got Cade. We got Jason. The Chicago Bears won a fucking football game, so I'm ecstatic and I'm ready. I've been saving the city all weekend, and Tyson Bajan is putting the Chicago Bears on his back. Fellas, let's get into it. Buckle up. Put your lights on. If if you're driving at night, don't drink and drive. Let's get into this episode. Let's talk about it. We're sitting here with two dogs, absolute monsters. Cade, Jason, how are we feeling today?
2: Doing good. Yeah, doing well.
0: Man, you know what? And if y'all knew, if y'all if y'all knew what it took to, to start this episode, man, I'm just I'm just so happy to hear Jason's voice. I'm just so happy to hear <laughs> Jason's voice. Jason, it, let me hear how you're doing one more time.
2: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Audio. Oh, nice. works. Mike, now is it now is it, in a it good a,
1: spot? Is it a little depressing that we don't have Legos to start this episode? You know, our last guest just happened to have Legos in the background and Mike just really needed to see them up close in front of the camera. And now well, I've thought about building them all week.
0: I've never I never had Legos. I've never played with Legos in my life. So I've only heard stories about mythical Legos. You know what I mean? So I <laughs> thought they were I thought they were pretty cool, man. We didn't we couldn't afford Legos. He had like a DG, space you
1: know, station, though, like, bro. He had the like big jump.
0: Dude, he had a nice he had a nice little setup. I might, you know, I might fuck around and find out. Give me a little Lego set, maybe one day next week. I'm excited. I'm excited. But boys, Jim made me wanna ask this question. Um, we've been doing it for a while, but for whatever reason, Jim feels like I have uh, ties to the Philadelphia Phillies, but we uh, we got a game seven, it looks like, on the rise. I mean, the Phillies look like... I mean, Jim, is it over? Is it is it officially over right now, or are we still in the ninth yeah. or yeah. something? No, it's
1: over. No, it's over.
0: It's over? Yeah, I figured it was over. Okay, well, the Phillies are shitting the bed doing what the Phillies do. Um, but I have to ask this question to both of you guys because we've had ongoing answers. Every one of our guests so far have basically – I think, Jim, except for week one, I think we had a couple Braves in there. Um, yeah, but I, the I Braves believe, were out
1: by the next time.
0: Right. So I think ever since then, we've just had Phillies all the way. Guys, talk to me a little bit about who you guys got going all the way. Who do you guys got winning this Game 7 matchup between the D-backs and obviously the Phillies? Take me take me through it. Cade, we're going to start with you.
3: Uh, I think it's hard to lose there. So I have the Phillies winning Game 7, especially Game 7 in Philly. I feel like that's really, really hard to uh, not win um, or the city might burn to the ground. Um, mm-hmm. But I think both the Texas teams might – might give them a run for their money because they don't get home field advantage, especially if against the Astros. So I think they're good in the CS. I don't know how they're going to do the World Series.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Jason, how are we feeling, man? Phillies Nation.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Yankees fan. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's been a brutal year. But um. But yeah. Um. Probably the Phillies. I mean, honestly, I just don't. I don't want to see the Astros win it again. Like I'd love. I'd love to see Rangers versus Phillies, and at that point. I'd be okay with the If one. I'm
1: dropping my money, it's the Astros are going to win it again. Right. Yeah. But
0: I, I do – I want to pose this question to both of you guys now. Are these two game sevens going to be more exciting than what the World Series is going to be potentially?
2: Yes. I think it could be depending on the matchup. If we get Phillies, Rangers, that's a lot of offense, and I think it could be pretty interesting. But, yeah, it might be.
1: Mike, you run the numbers when it comes to you know the money and the fans. Um, You know that the MLB is sitting there praying that it's not the Diamondbacks because they are not the draw. The Phillies are. I mean, I don't know you. you, You're gonna lose your boy Schwarbaum and Bryce Harper. Like those are names you don't want to lose. Yeah, for
0: sure, but I, I, really, you know, I think West Side at the end of the day is is gonna prevail, and in, in the West Coast, you know, definitely does show out. Um, that's my only take on it. You know, I mean, if this was the Padres or this was the Giants or something, I'd have a different answer for you. Um, or even I was gonna say Anaheim, but I'm not even, gonna, I'm not even gonna do that. They'll never but, um, be there ever. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna lie publicly to people about that. Um, but I, you know, I just, I don't know what the draw is with. Diamondbacks, which I just in my lifetime I haven't seen them enough in the postseason. So I think um I think they could have a good market, but you know, Philly dancing on my own, Schwarber, Harper, mm-hmm. I mean it's just it's just a Kay, little okay. Let me
1: ask you this question first. This is Mike segment, but I gotta know. You know, we were me and Daniel were having this discussion on our show. If Bryce goes and gets this World Series and Trout can't even get to the playoffs, like everybody's always said trout's better than bryce harper but we know the value of winning championships and and like i said even making postseason regular like does that put him above trout kade okay.
3: i mean i uh, i was a nationals fan so i was a harper fan right when he got drafted so um i don't know a couple mvps world series if trout does tr- get a trade to a contender and wins then we're gonna have a really really fun conversation, but I think sustained victories in the playoffs from Harper probably over the next three four five years probably gonna be a big separator.
1: I mean, Jason, if Trout does everything right and puts all the numbers up, but never can even make the playoffs, like he can't, he can't be considered in front of other guys, right? Like it's one thing to not win a World Series, but it's another thing when you can't make the postseason.
2: I don't know. Baseball is one of those sports where it's it's kind of like you can't can't really carry a team you know what i mean it's not like the nba or something like that where you know lebron can just storm down the court drop 40 on you and and that's that's the game you know so it's a little bit different i think but i think if if trout sticks in anaheim at the end of the career we could probably look at it and say harper's going to be better because i mean harper's going to be in philly they're going to be a contender for for at least a couple more years you know who knows if he goes anywhere else after that but um, yeah, you know, I think if we look at it in a couple of years, I'd say Harper, but I think right now Trout still has the edge um, until until Harper wins a little bit more and Trout has more of those, you know, kind of ugly years, especially with the back problems creeping
0: up on him, too. Now, what what would it what would it mean for you? And what are you willing to give up to get Mike Trout in a New York Yankees jersey?
2: <laughs> I mean, you might as well just unload the farm, to be Come honest. On. I mean, the Yankees refused to unload the farm. So that's tough, but so, so how
1: does it work, Jason? Do you root for the Yankees up until the point in where you would make the show? Because once if you become a Cardinal, like you can't root for them, right? Like,
2: uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's like until I'm like on the cusp, you know, I'll, I'll stay true to the Yankees. But I mean, I, I'm definitely following Cardinals stuff nowadays a lot more than I than I did, um, and I'm I'm sure at some point that'll kind of overtake. Um,
0: All I know is. I have a good feeling in my heart right now that if the money line is on the Yankees and I got my guy Jason on the bump playing against St. Louis, I might have to go with the Yankees. I think I know where Jason's heart is. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think, I think, I think he'll do well enough to to get his stats out there, but I don't think he's going to go out there throwing no hitters against his favorite team. I wouldn't personally, um, but no. You're going to take I mean, a dive against the Yankees, huh? I would 100% take a again <laughs> if, if it was me, if it was me playing against the Chicago Cubs, I mean, I, I, you know what? I'll hit a home run, maybe, you know, maybe fuck around, get a couple steals, but uh, striking out at the end of the game. We'll, we'll win. We'll lose two to one. That's, that's, that's how I see it, Jim. I think that's how you should see it too. Um, but we got to keep going. Jim's got more important things to do at 830. He said he doesn't want to spend his night with me. It's crazy. But Cade, hey, man, I want to talk to you, man. Let's let's really get into ATL. Let's talk about what happened. I mean, a phenomenal year. I and mean, so many people, you know, talking about the year they won a championship versus this season and which roster is better and which roster is more improved. And there's arguments at the 2023 Atlanta Braves. I mean, they were probably one of those teams. I mean, Morgan Wallen's probably going to be writing a song about them sometime very soon. You know, we went from 98 to 23. Talk to me a little bit about them getting eliminated and kind of what, what went through your mind watching that kind of happen?
3: Uh, I think that week off, the bats kind of, you know, cooled off. They're hot at the end of the year, like a couple big wins, especially against your Cubs, you know, kind of watched them walk them off a couple times. Uh, but they kind of run into a a buzzsaw and Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola and all of that. And I mean, those guys, I mean, Zach Wheeler is the best pitcher in the playoffs left right now, and he's Pretty unbelievable so facing him twice is pretty pretty improbable to win um and I think they kind of just ran into a tough task and Bath weren't doing what they needed to do um I think the staff threw decent other than I think it was game three where they got 10 put up on them but yeah not not fun to watch go down
1: yeah think for about sure. this he know, what he just said about Zach Wheeler uh Mike think about what would have happened if on that Met squad, if Thor could have stayed, you know, Senegar could have stayed healthy and Zach Wheeler was what he was now, because things about along with DeGrom, it would have been so nasty.
0: I mean, you, there's a lot of guys that got to stay healthy in that conversation, though. All three of those guys spend a lot of time in the emergency room. That's just what it I know. Is. But I'm just but,
1: thinking about them three when they are healthy and at their best would have been. Oh uh, cool yeah, as it, is. it
0: would. It would have been. I mean, even. I mean, man, the message is horrible. But Kate, <laughs> I heard you. I heard you. I just want you to know we swept y'all in July. Don't 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 do that. Don't do that. We we had our time with the Braves this year. We had a great time. It was just a horrible ending to it. What a great season it was. But man. Jason, I want to talk to you a little bit about a former Cardinal, somebody who was so impactful in Jim Cross's life and then was just swept right out from the rug under him. Talk about Jack Flaherty and the Baltimore Orioles. Hey, they got a few Cubs guys over there too, but Gunnar Henderson, talking about Adley Rushman and all these other guys over there. Talk about how cool it was. I, I I know you're a Yankees fan. I know you're a Yankees fan. But how cool it was to kind of see a team that really just from the ground up created this roster and just built it the way they did and the success that they had this year.
2: Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. Um, You know, been following along, you know, obviously right now I'm in the Maryland area. Um, I was actually able to catch a Orioles versus Cardinals game. Uh, Adam Wainwright's 199th win uh, caught that at at Camden Yards, which is pretty cool. But um, you know, seeing them in the division and stuff like that, it's been pretty cool just because of how bad they really were for so many years. I mean, of course, when you stack that many picks up year after year, you probably shouldn't be missing too much. Um,
1: <clears laughs>
0: did,
1: did your did your girl get a ball? Did she catch a home run ball? No, uh Tyler O'Neill threw her a ball. Oh, that's even better. Tyler O'Neal's my guy. That's kind of yeah. one of my man crushes, bro. He's he's a beast.
2: Yeah, no, they're playing catch, playing catch in the outfield and then End of the uh, well, Were you a little
1: nervous? I mean, Tyler O'Neill playing catch with your girl. It's yeah, I mean, I,
2: I thought he was going to steal my girl right there on the spot, to be <laughs> honest, but but uh, thankfully he's married with a kid. So I think we're we're safe.
0: One shot, me. One shot. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> personally, me personally, but I'm a demon. But, man, like talking about that Adam Wainwright game, though, I got a question because I'm ignorant. I, I, I'm very ignorant. As a Cubs fan, I'm ignorant. I saw that man at the end of the season. Guitar in hand, whole stadium. Like, what was the significance of that, Jim? I need to know from a Cardinals fan's perspective, like, how? Because to me, I looked at that and I was like, part of my language viewers i looked at that and i was like why the fuck is why the fuck is adam wayne right just singing on in the stage right now but is there like is there story to that is there a background to that that i'm not i aware mean of?
1: i mean i don't know why specifically in there i mean he does play the guitar and sing and that's part of his his thing but i i assume because he's legendary he can just kind of do what he wants on the way out the door and the cardinals as you have pointed out were 20 games back why not might be the most entertaining how thing how you see. Yeah, yeah down the stretch might be the most entertaining thing you'll see but i will tell you this I did like seeing him um, call games. I mean, that man was Mm -hmm. especially talking about pitchers and, you know, all the different things. Like, he had to correct them on, you know, what they were calling pitches as they were calling pitches wrong across the plate.
0: 100%. 100%. Jim, we got one more, and I'm going to throw it to you. Um, We did talk about it a little earlier. Yadier Molina, bench coach catchers coach what, what do we got going on right now man are you excited about this i mean this is this is big for you man this is a this is an icon coming
1: back into the building i, I think uh, it's exciting for everybody but you i think cade and jason would even agree the idea of a legendary yadier molina going in there and we had guest ed easley who was his backup catcher uh in the cardinals also played for the pirates and now runs the biggest travel ball organization in the whole mid-south area he said he learned more in the two years he backed up Yachty than he did in his entire career from top to bottom. And so if a guy says that, that's the kind of guy I want to learn from as a coach. Yeah. I mean, you know,
0: and especially the key word there, not being the manager of the team. I mean, Cubs take notes. David Ross was just handed a job after going on dancing with the stars and showing the world he couldn't dance, but that's a whole conversation for a different day. I'm going to let Jim take over while I sit in my Cubs woes. Cause K just threw some Atlanta brave shots at me that I haven't recovered from. <laughs>
1: All right, so, Cade, man, let's recap Campbell. Uh, man, so Mike, one of the biggest blessings I did was interview Cade. I love Campbell's fans, dude. They are awesome on Twitter, amazing accounts. Their loyalty to not just their baseball players, but all the athletes across the board, and they're all fun. And so, man, um, he gave me the shirt. This is, Everybody wants this shirt. They can't get it. I got it special for my guy. Even got my floppy hat you made fun of. I'm wear it when I cut grass at night after the that hat, show.
0: That's fucking stupid, and and so is cutting grass at night. That's <laughs> I, it's all I've gone. never actually
1: it's, done it. I just said people do it, but you know, recapping Campbell, you know, Cade, okay, uh, is the committee still making excuses on why y'all didn't get to host in the regionals?
3: Uh, I don't really know. I mean, we kind of just use that <laughs> as like ammunition. It, I mean, not hosting at your home field definitely. Hurts your case, I think, hosting in a minor league park. But, I mean, I think everybody that looked at it being the only RPI top 16 team to not host, I mean, kind of story writes itself there.
1: Do you think having that home environment, um, obviously we don't know who stacks up there, but do you think, especially, you know, with what y'all are known for there at the hump, like, I mean, y'all got such a dedicated fan base like I was just talking about. Do you think it would have helped change matters
3: Oh, no doubt. I mean, rolling into an unfamiliar environment for anybody is definitely hard to do. Um, And playing in an environment like Campbell, it's so different. Like we went to South Carolina with 10,000 seats and you roll into Campbell with 1,200 in the middle of nowhere and you have no clue where you are or what's going on. Like that creates creates a little bit of chaos Um, and that definitely plays in our favor.
1: Yeah, no doubt. For you, Jason, man, I got to ask you, I went – I went to the couch in Winston-Salem, and y'all got put with the, the hottest team, um, the the best team at the time, um, with Wake Forest. Um, I was in Omaha just to verify how good they were also later in the season. So, for you, um, playing against them, just how damn good were they?
2: Yeah, I mean, we just ran into a train. Um, they had talent up and down the board. Their lineup was stacked. Rhett Lauder, you know, according to their coaches, pitched the best game he had all year against us. Um, you know, Nick LaRusso was able to tag him twice, but other than that, we really didn't do anything. Um, You know, he was tremendous. He's rolling 95 mile an hour comeback sinkers on righties, um, you know, dropping a change up below the zone at 89. That's diving off the face of the planet. And then you got like Brock Wilkin in the three hole, just mashing the ball up the middle faster than I've ever seen a ball hit. So, you know, it's it, it is what it is. We kind of just ran into a train there, um, got put in a bad spot, but. I'll I'll ask
1: you you a prediction on that note. We had uh, Brock on the first episode of Pros and Joes, and he actually predicts his teammate, Nick Kurtz, to break his ACC home run record. You going with Brock or you going with Nick? Without even me giving you the numbers. It's going to take a lot. It ain't going to be something that's easy.
2: Yeah, the only thing I have with Brock versus Nick is Nick walks a ton. Mm. and. Brock walks but not as much as Nick. Yeah,
1: does. I remember when we did his show his his OBP was like almost 600.
2: Yeah. I mean, he he sees the ball very well. <laughs> Let's just say that. I mean, we had a guy on the mound, Nick Dean who throws a really good changeup. He was throwing really quality changeups that he was just spitting right on. Um, you know, just like it was nothing. So, you know, he, he definitely has a good eye. I think that will almost hurt the home run numbers in a, in a way. Well,
1: well, that and you don't have you know, Brock's advantage was he had Kurtz, you know, behind him, right? So you couldn't duck him. Um, They're not going to – you know, Nick's not going to have that. Obviously, Seaver King's the guy who would be batting in front of him, not behind him. So um, it's going to be up to whoever's behind him to give him protection. If they can't do it, you know, like you just said, he's just going to walk every time anyway. But it'll be interesting to see. It's cool that his own teammate, you know, is picking him to break his record. Um, you know, Kate, I got a question. Speaking of teammates, you know, we got chance on IOTB later, you know, what do you expect from him? I mean, this guy who had a nine and one record this past season. um, What do you expect from him this next year at Campbell? I think just
3: being kind of a veteran presence, going through the fire once and playing a huge role. Um, Pretty much one of the only reasons, like one of the big reasons we were there. So kind of anchoring that staff and just being a consistent piece to go out on Fridays or Saturdays, wherever he's going to go and just, give him a shot every week like we did last year and just kind of continue that consistency that he brought for us
1: does his power come from his hair flow because I, I noticed my man's got some good hair flow out the back of that hat
3: I think it does he like lo- he likes that he got a little mullet going so <laughs> all
1: right so let's get into the draft Jason we'll start with you man talk to me about it you know where were you at who were you with and you know what were the emotions like when you did get drafted
2: yeah, I was back home, um, surrounded by a bunch of family and friends. Uh, it was a really, really cool, cool day. Um, you know, I kind of expected to go a little earlier in the day, so it got a little stressful there in, in a little for a little while. Um, but overall, it was just a, an awesome, awesome day. You know, I'll never forget that, especially being around, you know, all my friends and family um, that I'm really close with and, and people in the neighborhood and stuff like that, that, that have shown a lot of love to me throughout my career. So, um, you know, it was definitely definitely an awesome day and and you know, want on that absolutely never forget.
1: Yeah, no doubt. The question I'd have that we've had from the first six guests minus Paul Skeens, who obviously knew where he was going. Um, you know, the guys saying they had multiple phone calls saying you could go here, here, and here. Um, did you have that in regards to yours to where it kind of left you on um, pins and needles that it may be two or three different teams in that in that round that may take you?
2: Yeah, yeah. So actually I um declined an offer that was earlier in the round um because it was less less money than i was going to get um from the Cardinals, and there's some other teams in the mix too that had kind of been in the mix the whole time like pretty pretty much from like the third round on um there was a lot of talk of like hey we might pick you here hey we might pick you here and then it just kind of just backed up and and never really happened until the sixth round and that's where it was more more focused where it was like all right we're definitely picking you here for this amount of money um and kind of had to choose between a few so
0: jason jason now that that's over you know, now that yeah, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it doesn't really matter. Who who are the other teams that are, you know, kind of hitting your line saying, hey, maybe, maybe for the one time, maybe we'll see what happens. You know, can we kind of expose a couple people now so that, you know, fans can look back on this 10 years from now when you're a bona fide stud? Talk about, man, we could have had them.
2: Yeah. The, the twins were actually the team that, that lowballed me a little earlier in the sixth. <laughs> see ya. They actually uh they actually ended up taking a, a kid from Penn State that I played against, Jay Harry, pretty, pretty solid player. Um, but but yeah, they, they kind of lowballed me a little bit.
0: So yeah, I mean you don't want to be there anyways, you know what I mean? You know why they lowballed you, right? You know why they lowballed you? That why titanium that? leg and Correa's leg, man. They just had to they had to get that right, <laughs> man. Make sure they got a few bucks on the hash so they can dump them in a couple years. Well, Mike,
1: I'm glad we, we got Dr. cool because man, what did I tell you when See, the thing about the Schemes and Floyd episode, as a Cardinals fan, they go to the Pirates and the and the Reds. And I'm like, you know, I'm watching the first few rounds of the draft go by, and I'm watching all these studs that I watched in college pitch just go by off the table. The Cardinals ain't getting none of them. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, do you want to get one of these pitchers that I know can help? And they clearly didn't, and they had to wait till the they got Jason. So, luckily, we got somebody, because, I mean, I'm watching – I'm telling you, I feel like the NL central got more of them than anybody than I knew. And I was like,
0: yeah. And I mean, I mean, really, to be honest with you, you know, not even talking about those teams, but you know, the reds are on the rise. We know the reds are on the rise with their pitching rotation. The Cubs have their solidified guys in AAA and in, in the bigs right now. And the brewers somehow just figure it out with just a bunch of random guys. Every single, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But they just like, you go to Milwaukee and it's just like, Hey, I'm just going to rejuvenate my career. Doesn't make sense. But I mean, the whole NL Central, I feel like within the next two, three years from a pitching perspective, I think that's going to be some of the best pitchers in the entire National League.
1: Yeah, and obviously I'm going to wait till you get into it with Cade, but uh, Atlanta made a run at pitchers, obviously. But, but let's talk about Atlanta,
0: it. Jim, is crapped out of its mind. That's what Atlanta is. I mean,
1: golly, golly. Can, can my man talk about his draft day before you just crap on Atlanta? I'm, just, I'm not crapping. I'm just – that was a – Cade, I hope you took that positively,
0: bro. I'm just saying every position from top, single A, double A, rookie ball, fucking Arizona, don't matter, dog. Like, it's they're <laughs> crap, dog, and it doesn't – Uh, Ah
1: anyways except in July. July. So so so, okay. You know, same question I asked Jason, man. For you, who were you with? Where were you at? What were those emotions like, man? Getting drafted, every kid's dream. Uh I was at home. Uh my best
3: friends from high school, there's a group of six of us. They had either drone, driven or flown home uh to be with me that night. So I was super grateful for that and a couple extended family members. Um Turned from the most stressful night in my life to the best night in my life. Uh, Definitely had to, you know, drag it out until the last pick of the night. Um, You know, sum up up all the drama. Uh, Got like a couple calls earlier in the night. So excitement went up and then it went down. Um, Got a call that I was going to go the next day. And then so I was like, all right, I kind of checked out. And then while the um, Giants were taking pick 69, I got a call. He's like, sit tight, you're going next. So I had two minutes before. My name was actually called to sit there, and I didn't tell anybody. I kind of like – it's like walked up to the table and kind of just let it happen. Uh, so that was a fun moment.
1: Yeah, man, uh, I, I imagine the uh, the stress. Obviously, like you said, the la- the last pick of the night. And, uh, definitely some stress going on there. Same question I asked Jason. I'm not going to ask you to expose anybody. I mean, you might, but, I mean, did you have a few other teams that might have reached out to you? Thought did you there's a possibility you might go sooner?
0: Talk your uh, talk, man. I, I want to hear it.
3: I know at 51 the White Sox called and they said they <laughs> had that and they picked they picked Grant Taylor um L-S- you, I mean, baby. Grant, he's a stud of a human being um love oh, Grant no. Taylor and I don't know who the other one was no, uh, no. he's between the three of us but other than that that was that was it and I got call and Mike I'll,
1: I will tell you why the Grant Taylor pick is risky against the K pick. Grant has all that talent but he's coming off Tommy John.
0: Oh ha. Oh, nah, but uh, you know I'm just a hater at heart. That's what it is. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not y'all fault. He's, it's not your fault.
3: He's a stud. I'm sure. I'm sure you're I'm gonna sure have to deal still. with him for a long time in Chicago. That's just not. I, I'm good.
0: sure I won't. I'm sure I won't. You know why? You want to know why? Because the beauty of it is, can't put runs on the board. That man can throw a no hitter all day. It's still zero zero, baby. At the end of the day, it's okay. It's okay. We're gonna be <laughs> just fine. But Kate, I, I want to ask you something really quick before Jim continues, though. You know, having that conversation about where you're landing right now. Um, really breaking that down and saying, man, we got support over here. This ain't the White Sox. <laughs> this ain't the White Sox, bro. It's Luis Robert, and that's it over there. That's being real. When you're looking at the offense that you have the potential to be playing alongside with, how exciting is that to really just sit in that and say, man, Matt Olson, Ronald Acuna Jr., and all these dogs on one team. How what, do you to, not mention Andrew two-time
1: IOTB guest, Austin Riley? Riley.
0: Oh, uh, you know what, man? Because he, he don't respond to my DMs, I'll be like, "Hey, man." Because I'm super proud. Right
1: here.
0: Super proud, man. Listen, man. I'm just uh, asking the important question.
3: It's definitely super comforting. Uh, you know, you can go out there and compete. Um, you make a mistake and you pay for it. Well, they're gonna pay for it the next inning and they're gonna pick you right back up. Uh, you're never out of the game. It felt like how it was at Campbell. Like I feel like I made a mistake and I was never out of the game. I remember. I recorded a win in a game where I gave up eight runs. I mean, that's just absurd. Wins a stupid stat, and I shouldn't have gotten it. But it's like, you go down eight runs, and next thing you know, you're in the win column for the day. I feel like that's yeah. how it be.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we talked about that. Me and Jim talked about that all season long with Randy and DB and just everybody. And I was like, man, it was it was what September we put the Cubs played the Braves. And I, we were up, we were up like six to zero. and I'm like, man, bro like, if we just needed that one win and Miami would miss the playoffs, and I was like, we're fucking here. We're here. We're not gonna lose it. We lost. Um but you know, and it was the ninth, it was like the ninth and they won they won seven to six and it was a six0 comeback. like it, they are never out of it, man. And in baseball that's so rare, that is so rare because I feel like you have that conversation all the time where it's like, yeah, man, they just they just don't have it. They can't They either don't have the bullpen to keep that same tally going or they don't have the bats to be able to climb that much in Atlanta on all cylinders. Like I said earlier, you know, just not to give them too much praise because they already got enough of it. But I mean, man, they're they're absolutely cracked. All
1: right. So I'll let you get into all things in my LB after I do one more thing, Cade, man, uh, something that me and you talked about. Um, on your previous episode, you know, I had watched the video. Me and you are big advocates for mental health. You know, are you currently doing anything to be able to help continue like you were able to do with your platform at Campbell, um, you know, with the mental health and, and athletes? Or is it something, man, me and you need to – we need to get together, get something going for nationwide for athletes? I'll do it, man. I'll I'll go to the forefront with you.
3: I'm down to get something together. Um, I know we have a great program here, so kind of just – Using the resources we have here um, for myself. But no, I mean, I'm I'm good for anything. Anything that we can help spread the message and spread the word.
1: Yeah, I think it's just becoming more and more active now. Um, doesn't matter what sport we're talking about, you know, just the things that come with it. And, you know, we're in a day and age where social media, if you get on it, you're getting tore apart because you had one bad game and you got the pressures of pitching in stadiums with 10 plus thousand people as a as a college student or if you're a football player you know god bless the kicker if he misses a kick in front of a hundred thousand you know he's getting his life threatened and told to commit suicide like i mean it's everything that comes with being a college athlete on top of the fact you've got to take care of your academics right i mean you just a, i mean not to discredit make y'all sound like you know young but y'all at when, 18 19 20 year old kids right like i mean you you still haven't got out in the world and so it's just it's a really cruel world that we have where you know, people take for granted y'all's talents and what y'all are doing and coming out there and trying your best and just want to kind of crap on on y'all. And it's just a lot of pressure. And like I said, we're not just talking about college. Obviously, you know, we've had Olympians, you know, just talk about it when you got to you're competing in the red, white and blue. And so mental health is just such a big deal. And I know from a military standpoint, me and all my boys, a lot of us have trouble. I still I still do therapy to keep me from going off the edge. And so mental health is just something nationwide that while it is getting more and more attention, it's still not enough. And so, man, yeah, I'm I'm down to, to do whatever to help you, because, man, your story, your video, Mike, Jason, Anybody who's listening, if you haven't seen it yet, we're obviously going to plug Cage IG later. But man, go check out his video, him just being vulnerable, him being real, um, just talking about mental health. But go ahead, Mike.
0: Yeah, man. But I I do want to say, you know, if you haven't checked out that video already, definitely give it some love because I got a chance to check it out. And, you know, it's something that's so much deeper. No matter where you come from, you can come from Chicago like me, where you know, there's there's more stories than I got fucking fingers. You know, on, on things I've experienced. Or you could come from a small town, and it's at the end of the day, man. Everybody's got their own story, got your own demons. Um, definitely seek help if you haven't already. But you know, if if you want to listen to Cade and you want to listen to Jim and you anybody else who can help guide you into that right direction, definitely hit it. But. You know a direction that I didn't see coming, me personally. You know, Cade, I'm so into minor league baseball. Jim calls me a psychopath all the time. I have my own mental health issues on how deep I am into the minor league baseball world, and it's it's kind of addicting at this point. But you know what? It's better than Jim calling me a crackhead. But it's, 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 you know, I, I digress. I digress. I'll let it slide. You through. called me a but
1: steroid freak in 45 no, last week.
0: No, that's what your Twitter handle says. Actually, no, that was um, my
1: fa- that was my fa- guys. We talk um, about the mental health. I found out that some dude had created a fake profile of me. I believe he's an Ole Miss fan. I'm told he might be a Mississippi State fan. But here he was attacking college athletes. And some people, you know, aren't smart enough to click and see that it ain't me. So you got like 40 followers and it's not really me. But, uh, yeah, it was, man. I, followed it. I found out when he when he went after Peyton Chatagnier and told him that he was trash. And that's why Ole Miss didn't want him no more. And and Garrett Wood, the old Mrs. ex captain who's now coaching at Alabama, messaged me and said, Hey, some dudes out here slandering Shania you in your name. And then so I sent it to Mike and the boys and they seen he said I was on steroids and I was forty-five years old. And I was like, Dang, man, it's bad enough he's taking over these athletes. I'm not on steroids and I'm only thirty-nine. Damn.
0: I was like, damn, he's only 44. That's crazy. And I don't even know how to know about the
1: steroid part. We keep
0: that locked up on and off the bench. But that's an off the bench after dark. That's a whole different show. But, man, talking about it, what, what really blew my mind, the first three rounds, the Atlanta Braves go pitchers for all of them. I mean, absolutely phenomenal to see them doing what they're doing right now, trying to build that up. The bats are going to come. I mean, that's just – we know they got the pitching staff. We know they got everything right now, but they're trying to build that consistently. So take me through for you, you know, not only understanding how serious they're taking it from that standpoint of we're not just stat aside with the team we have right now. We're trying to build something for years to come, sustain that longevity of it. You know, what was that like in the competition aspect of saying, hey, man, I got, I got a bunch of other studs on this team coming on the rise too. So how was that for you kind of taking that all in and just being able to – contribute to this Braves organization I mean it's
3: a lot of fun seeing Waldrop throwing triple-a this year I mean dude threw in the college world series and like you know he's still in a triple-a game hot like everybody talking about him going on a playoff roster and a playoff run so that's super cool um Hackenberg the pick before me um him and I are super close and been able he was my throwing partner my pen partner so like him and I kind of have a hidden competition. Like we never talk about it, but I mean, I know it's there. I don't know if he does. I might go over there and ask him uh, here in a little bit, but uh, like just being surrounded by so much talent um, and then putting so much time and energy into us uh, as a staff and making sure the arms for years to come are loaded. Um, and then being an instructs the top talent and all the top guys and learning and talking to them. I mean, it's just a lot of fun and, you know, it's going to breathe the breast, the best out of all of us.
0: For sure, for sure. Now, I want to talk to you about your single A and because, man, I'm reading the stats, I'm looking through it, and I'm just geeking. I'm not one of those money ball guys. I don't look at the the stats no one cares about, but I'm seeing seven innings pitched, eight Ks. I mean, talk to me a little bit about what that was like for you, you know, sitting there and saying, hey, listen, man, and, like I'm, I'm trying to show out right off the bat, but you're not trying to do too much at the same time, I'm kind of just playing your game to the best of your ability while also trying to, you know, fight for a spot on this team and showing them that they made the right pick. What was that like for you?
3: Uh it was a lot of fun. I mean, first down and be able to go and be a part of a combined no-hitter. Um it's pretty pretty unreal for me. I remember I was lifting and our strength coach like slapped me. He's like, Look, I'm like, what? He goes, Look, and he points to the zero. I'm like, Oh god, like I could get back outside. Um, but like f- throwing after Hackenberg through the day before me and he went out and his numbers were just gaudy. I mean, they're I think he was five and two-thirds with 12K's. So like <laughs> Seeing that guy go out there and just absolutely dominate. It's like, damn, I got to go out here and kind of – I got to follow that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then working on pitches and stuff that they had me working on in camp. Uh, just a lot of fun. Kind of get the feet wet, understand how it's going to work. I mean, it was only two weeks, but kind of getting a feel for next year when I'm going to go through. It's um, a lot of fun, and I think it prepared me really well.
0: For sure. And I want to ask this question because I've been a center fielder my whole life, been in the outfield my whole life. Um, I always wanted to know from – especially in a rotational setting, kind of having that conversation, whether that's bullpen, whether that's in the starting rotation, you know, are you really paying attention to what the other guys are doing? Like, I always think, like, when you look at the big names, you know, when we're looking at, you know, for the Cubs, you got Jordan Wicks, Justin Steele, you know, Marcus Stroman, whoever, it doesn't matter. Are those guys paying attention to each other's stats? Are they trying to one-up each other every single day? Or is that kind of just like, hey, man, I'm just playing my game. I really could care less what the rest, the rest of this rotation is doing.
3: I think it's a little bit of both. I think you know you got to do what you got to do to help the team win. But at the end of the day, like, everybody kind of wants to be the best. So, you know, if, like, somebody goes out and has a great start, you're like, that's awesome, we won. Like, I want to have a great start. Uh, like, Hackenberg go out and have a great start. And I'm like, damn, like, I want to do that. Like, that dude just shoved, and I want to go do that. Um, and I don't think it's trying to one-up him, but trying to just, like, feel like you're contributing your
0: weight. For sure, for sure. And then we talked to Paul Skeens, which I think was my favorite – response to this going from I mean literally going from a championship level atmosphere to single A baseball, rookie ball, fall ball. I mean, talk to me about going from Campbell all the way to single A. Break that down. Like the atmosphere, the vibe. Obviously, I covered the Iowa Cubs, the Triple A Cubs, um, for quite some time in Des Moines, Iowa. Cade, bro, I'm from the heart and soul of the Windy City. I'd never in my life want to go to Iowa ever again. That was, I mean, it was, but you know what though? Like to their point, they had a blast. They had a great time. So take me through, what was that like for you? You know, you're all the way up here. And then it's like, okay, now we're back at it. You know, you, you get a, you get a nice little crowd, but it's nothing what you're used to.
3: Um, I mean, I guess that's one of the best things that comes from Campbell. Uh, I think the attendance record when I was there was just over 1200. So my first game in Augusta with, Four thousand people there i'm like damn like this is pretty cool mm-hmm. um and i threw in down east on a two on a wednesday decent weather and i think there's like 75 people in the stands so it's it is just what you make it i mean you show up you show up to the yard you got to do it you got a job to do so you got to bring your own energy and create your own atmosphere for yourself um I feel like my teammates did a really good job kind of staying in it and being involved in the game which was super nice and refreshing
0: for sure. And then my last one for you before we hand it off to Jason, man, just breaking down probably my favorite segment of all of pros and Joes and what we've been able to do on and off the bench is talking about the guys you want to pick the brain of, or the guys you've already been communicating with. We can go big names. Obviously, we could talk Strider. We could talk Acuna. We could talk whoever you want to talk about. But, you know, who's somebody that either this upcoming season or in the near future, you're excited to just learn from, observe from or just overall play alongside with?
3: Uh, I'd say a couple, I'd say draft class wise, uh, I was around him for a short stint at USA and that dude carries himself so professionally and it's such a efficient manner. So just kind of seeing how he takes care of himself, big names, Strider. I mean, I feel like the Strider comparisons have been flooding in for a year and a half now, since he's really made a name for himself. They're kind of just seeing how he takes care of himself and uh, goes to his business. And then, uh, a guy I've started to get close with Owen Murphy, um, he was drafted last year and being around him and kind of talking to him. And it feels like he's like, I mean, I'm a year older than him, but it feels like he's got five more years of wisdom than I do just being here for a year. So uh, kind of seeing how he takes care of his stuff. is going to be really fun for me too.
0: It's awesome, man. That's awesome. And then Jason, loving this kind of conversation. This is the conversation I want to have with you because I know the talent is there. I know the mentality is sh- sharper than, Nine out of the 10 guys in the room and the 10th one is you, man. Like really having that conversation right now. Like it was a struggle out the gate. It was a struggle out the gate, obviously everything going on in the FCL. But I feel like that is so much better. And that is so inspiring to have that kind of start because there's something to build on. There's something to build on. You get to see who you're going to become. You get to see what you need to work on to be the best version of you. I'm i hey, I'm all for it. If Cade's out here throwing no hitters, that's awesome. I love it. But what I don't like is a guy in single A out here destroying, like absolutely destroying, then the power rankings. You know how – you guys know how it goes. I talk to Jim about this all the time. Guys who fly through the rankings every single year. We love our guy Paul Skeens terrified of how quick the pirates are actually going to bring him up because I feel like you need to perfect yourself. So talk to me a little bit about what that was like for you, the early struggles, what you learned, how you adjusted, and really what it meant for you to be at this level.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, I I kind of I got drafted. Um, the two months prior to that, I was throwing like a little bit, kind of just keep myself in somewhat decent shape to if they wanted to activate me, um, I could do it. Um, I didn't expect to be activated as fast as I did. Um, I was there for about like a week and a half. I threw two bullpens, no live sessions, and then I was just kind of ripped in there. Um, so that was definitely like kind of felt really sped up in that regard because you know, the, the timetable was a little bit different. And then there's just some injuries and, and some issues at the single A level. Um, and I needed to go up there and, and kind of help them out a little bit. Um, you know, obviously struggled a little bit, um, mostly just like a little bit of control issues. Didn't feel sharp, um, but it's, it's really good for me because, uh, and I was coming out of the pen too, um, something I've never really done. Um, so just, but it was really, really good for me to kind of learn all those things. Um, you know, cause at some point in my career, you know, maybe I'm, I end up not being a starter um, or something like that. So learning how to come out of the pen, uh, learning how to do things like that, you know, some guys make their start in major league baseball by coming up, um they get plugged into the pen late in the year mm-hmm. um they're in there and then all of a sudden they crack the starting rotation a year or two after and, and they really start to make a name for themselves so you know look at a guy on the yankees like michael king um you know came up kind of as a starter didn't do so hot got moved to the pen for a few years and now he's going right back to the starting rotation he's yeah. you know ben lights out at the end of the season there so um it was really valuable to kind of learn learn stuff like that like how to come out of the pen um how, kind of how to how to navigate that stuff and, and to struggle too, like I've always said, this like failure is always a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was able to really learn that. You know, I have to kind of shift my my pitch repertoire a little bit, um, just in how I throw to lefties and to how to throw to righties, um, certain pitches that I throw and and stuff like that. So it's hugely beneficial, and it's gonna be really nice. You know, cracking start in rotation next year, getting into a, getting into a groove. You know, being fully built up and ready to go, and 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 going from there. So,
0: yeah, most definitely. You know, a, a guy I want to throw the name out to. Um, Adbert Ausley on the Cubs. I mean, this man, I was at his first start, which was out of the bullpen. And then his first start, that was actually in the starting rotation very quickly after Basura. I mean, that man was absolutely trash. I mean, it's just what it was. And now you're looking at him a few years later and he is one of the top closers that we've had in recent years. And one of the top closers in all of the national league. And, you know, I, I always say it like this, man, I'm not going to put you in a box. I believe you can control what you can control. But a dog is a dog at the end of the day, reliever, closer, starter, whatever it is. A dog is a dog and you're going to be that dog no matter what it is. And, you know, that's just something that comes with time. But, you know, something that is never going to come with time, in my personal opinion, is just the minor league crowd. It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? They're always in the I talk to Jim about it all the time. They're always in the most random of cities, the most random of towns. I mean, a town of five. And, and three of them are the guys who are on the team. You know, it's it's just wild, man. So take me through what's that like, man. Crowds in the ACC versus crowds in the FCL. I mean, really breaking that down. Like, I'm not trying to shit on any of it. But, like, it is such a roller coaster of of emotions to, you know, have that crowd back you up and kind of be that 10th man out there. And then, man, we got we got a couple drunk guys in the crowds that have, you know, sleep in the parking lot. Like, take me take me through it real quick.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's the beauty of minor league baseball, though, is it really separates, you know, who really wants it and who really doesn't, um, you know, who really has the motivation inside to to go be the best version of themselves, even if there isn't a bunch of people in the crowd and, and try to move up the levels to to get people in the crowd. Um, so I think that's part of the beauty of it. Um, you know, I love playing in, in, in big crowds, big situations. I've always been the guy for the big moment. Like, that's always always been been my thing. Um, but what I've learned about myself is is just how to generate that without the external factors going on around you, like how to generate that feeling of the big moment, um, you know, when when it's all not flying around you, you know what I mean? So I think that's kind of the beauty and in, in what you learn in, in minor league baseball, which I think eventually when you get to major league baseball and you got the huge crowds, it'll help you kind of slow it down um, and kind of go the other way with it. So
0: for sure, for sure. Now, I have one very important question to ask you before I pass at the gym. And then I have. A decent question to ask you. The important one is I see the PS5 back there. Have you downloaded Spider-Man 2?
2: No, I haven't. All right, What
0: are we doing? What are we doing here, man? <laughs> New York needs you, with your Jason. Life? <laughs> New York needs you, Jason. What are we doing, man? Come on, man. Like, it's, it, You know what? You want the Yankees to have success, but do you want Venom terrorizing the city, man? You, these are the important questions that you need to ask yourself. But the one I want to ask you, man, you know, picking the brain out of Anybody in this organization, whether that's single A, double A, triple A, hey, maybe even Yadier Molina. Who knows what's going to happen? Definitely not Wilson Contreras, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, but, man, who, who are you excited to pick the brain of? Who do you want to spend time with sometime in the near future?
2: Yeah, it was really nice um, this year in single A to pick the brain of Pete Hanson, um, you know, from Texas. He had a really, really good year in single A um, at the end of the year during playoff time, um, got thrown off the levels a little bit. Um, you know, he's, he's really good influence has a really good head on his shoulders. So it was really awesome to talk to him and, and get kind of close with him. Um, Max Radik, um, guy I've known for a while, went to UCLA. Um, I played on team USA 18U with him. Um, you know, it will be nice to to see him again. He was, he was a, you know, couple levels up um, cause he's been doing so well, but it will be nice to see him at spring training, kind of pick his brain on on how the Cardinal system works and, and what they like to see um, things like that. Um, and then from the major league level, um, I think, uh, Zach Thompson is a guy that, that I, I really want to, you know, see if I can connect with it all. Um, you know, we have some, some mutual things, um, behind the scenes, like we have the same financial advisor and things like that. So, um, it'd be cool to kind of link up with him and, and talk about his journey a little bit.
0: For sure. And really quick, before I give it to Jim, Adam Wainwright starts a band of all pitchers. What instrument are you playing?
2: <laughs> I mean uh maybe maybe some bass guitar or something like
0: that all right all right that's better than the triangle man i was hoping you didn't hit me with the
1: triangle i would
0: have lost symbols no no i can't do that
1: i mean he said he wanted to you know pick the brain of tyler o'neill until he started playing catch with his girl so now he got wiped off the table so i would
0: too that's a personal shot i i'm good never again never again you're not coming near my girl you ain't invited to the wedding nothing that's i'm good bro
1: but anyways, guys, we are going to do just like we did when you're on and off the bench. We are going to finish with a game called this or that. Y'all are familiar with how it goes. Um, but before we do, got to plug our sponsor, Chinook Seeds, eight flavors, mild to wild. I got to ask you right off the bat, Cade, have you had Chinook Seeds yet?
3: I have, I was a sponsor for him. You knew that.
1: I know, but I'm just I'm asking the you didn't have to say that because I wanted you to then say what your favorite flavor was. So now I'm now asking what's your favorite flavor.
3: Uh in small doses, the cinnamon toast is really good, but you can only have so many. Um I like the hatch chili a lot. I'm a hatch chili believer.
1: Yeah, no, I mean a lot of a lot of people like those. I, I am a, a an original, I'm an OG type guy, but I have the cinnamon toast because that's mine. Uh, a lot of guys are saying the parm, uh, Ty Floyd, weirdly enough, likes the dill pickle. I don't know how anybody does. I hate to hate on any flavors that Chinook does, but just pickles. Uh, and maybe Jason says it here in a second. If he's had them. Jason, have you had Chinook seeds? I have as well. I'm I'm a big original and ranch guy. Those are, those are two
2: simple ones, but.
1: Well, and, and the reason I know y'all have, but I just asked the question because people wouldn't know a lot of the reasons why specifically they are the official sponsor of team USA baseball and something in which y'all have done. And then obviously they're, they're making the rounds. Uh, they're, they were more out y'all's way than they are in the South with them, you know, I'm getting them in Starkville and, um, and Oxford and Baton Rouge and all that. So trying to do that, but they were over y'all's way first, but yeah, I'm i I'm an original cinnamon toast. If I was a coffee guy, they say if you put some the cinnamon toast ones and black coffee, man, it is phenomenal. So if y'all are coffee guys, try that. But they are the official sponsor of this is this or that. And we're gonna get started. Remember, just can't say both or neither. Every question, we will start with Cade and then we will go to Jason. Um, PlayStation or Xbox, Cade? Xbox. All right, what is your favorite game? Uh
3: favorite game? I've been playing the Assassin's Creeds lately because there's nothing to do in camp after you're done, so it just gets me through the day.
1: Got gotcha. you. All right, Jason. I'm assuming you're gonna say PlayStation. You got one behind you, right? I mean,
2: it's right there. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. So what's your What's your favorite game? I'm a big I'll be the show guy. I grind that, grind that stuff. So,
1: well, I got a challenge for either of y'all. Like Chase Dolander came on here last episode and said, in all his spare time, he plays Call of Duty, dropping bodies. Nobody can beat them. Y'all are pitchers. Y'all are competitive. Get on Call of Duty. Start practicing up. I'll set up a meet. Y'all can snipe him out.
2: Oh, come on. I'll take that. I'll take that all day.
1: There we go. All right. Breakfast for breakfast or breakfast for dinner, if you could only have one? Okay. For, bre- for breakfast. Mm, terrible answer. What's your go-to item? Uh, bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Mm, all right. You won me back over with that answer. What about you, oh, Jake.
3: Don't don't turn your
1: camera back on over there. I don't want to hear it from
3: you. you no, wait, back no
0: on, not you go back you wait, no, no, eat- I was he's eat. His
1: mouth is full. He was eating. That's why he had his camera off.
0: I had a tums. My stomach hurt, but my stomach hurt. <laughs> but um, no, but Jim. Did you just say that's a terrible answer? Don't ask questions, then, Jim. If you don't want terrible breakfast answers. for
1: breakfast. Look what did, what did the last two guests say? They said breakfast. for breakfast. no, no, no,
0: no, 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 no. Hey, talk about mental health don't put him in a box these are his answers damn it all
1: right don't put a baby in I, I apologize Kate it was you better. a phenomenal answer you can eat breakfast whenever you want now Jason sure. before I was rudely interrupted you remember when I interrupted you last week and you called me out for rudely interrupting you with my uh, you remember
0: when you called me a crackhead 25
1: minutes ago but yeah, you, yeah all right anyway Jason what do you like I'm a
2: breakfast for dinner guy
1: see my guy and what do you what's your go-to item
2: Chocolate chip pancakes.
1: Ooh, I like it. Mike, you get down with chocolate chip pancakes?
0: I I could dabble. I dabble in chocolate chip pancakes. Waffle
3: House, chocolate chip
1: waffle. Hard to beat. Waffles
0: Mm. are banging, man. Eddie Murphy said it himself, waffles, man. Come on. (laughs) Can't go wrong with Murph.
1: All right, Cade, if you were left on an island and you were stranded there and your only option was to either be all alone or with your worst enemy, what are you doing? Worst enemy. It's food if I need it. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, that I, no, bad answer. That's not the first answer. Griffin Herring on the poster right there said it, and his dad texted me the next day after listened to it and said, "My son admitted to being a cannibal on air." <laughs> so, hey, you just bailed Griffin out. You are not the only one now. Yeah. Jason, do you <laughs> want do you want your enemies so you can eat them, or are you trying to be all alone?
2: Nah, I'll go worse than him, but I'm
3: not gonna
1: eat him. I, I don't think I could ever resort to that.
3: I don't think I'm gonna eat him, but if you really need to
1: eat him, you have the option. <laughs> I, mean, I like
0: the way this kid thinks, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, he, he's all about survival. I see. All right, Jason's <laughs>
0: a damn lie, too. I could see it in his eyes. He got those eyes. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna find
1: out in the next question, though, because Mike's fixing to lose his mind. Watch this, Mike. Don't say nothing through the question portion, you can only res- say something afterward. I didn't want to say anything, anyways. <laughs> Cade, better Chicago baseball movie, rookie of the year or hardball? Cade, don't rookie fuck it up. You fucked it up. He said rookie of the year. Jason, rookie of the year. No, mm. <laughs> mm. oh, man. No, man.
0: Y'all like, you everybody
1: ready? is not picking hardball. G, baby. Nobody's nobody's giving you love, bro.
0: All I'm saying is, bro, Cade, really quick, where are you from? Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. All right. Hey, Jason, where are you from?
2: Baltinsville, New
0: York. So, all right, bro, then they just don't get it, all right? They ain't been in the traps in Chicago. It's different, bro. It's a, it's a different mentality, bro. I get drunk at Sluggers every opening day, and that's where the movie was filmed. I mean, it's just, it's, what are we doing? What are we doing?
1: Rookie of the Year, bro. They're right. They're right. Yeah. yeah I'm going you know to watch Good. it after the podcast tonight.
0: Kate, Kate, I have a question. I have, a, I have a, Before Jim continues, I just have a quick question. Maybe it, maybe it, maybe it persuades you a certain way. Maybe it doesn't. What is what is more inspirational? A kid who accidentally breaks his arm and can now throw 105 <laughs> and is desperately in the need of Tommy John by the age of 13? Or just some kids in the hood trying to make it out, man. A man with a gambling addiction falls in love, he changes his life. What what what's better, man? What what's the better story there?
3: I feel like you unfairly framed that question. It's about the perseverance of when your talents are taken away, you succeed in rookie of the year.
0: Uh,
3: I'd still pick in the hardball, but you at least got to give it a finding key. I mean, you know, if,
1: if we're gonna do that, I would like I would frame the movie Trouble with the Curve against you, Mike, and how the Peanut Boy got Trouble picked up with by the,
0: the Trouble with the Curve. Got picked up it was by the Atlanta One Braves. of my favorite movies.
1: Bro. Oh, we I finally had field. I love that movie.
0: It is a bang. Striking moment. out.
1: Hey, that the arrogant ass the whole time that they wasted their number one pick on. Oh, I like dude. I liked
0: the I liked the fat kid. That was, <laughs> <laughs> I like that kid a lot. All I right. Used to be the peanut boy. I remember. I remember <laughs> what it was like to be the peanut. I was the peanut sweeper. Jim used to climb me all the time.
1: <laughs> all right. Own a massive yacht or a private jet, Cade? Private jet. What about you, Jason?
2: Private jet, 100%.
1: Lame. Massive yacht. I was a Navy guy. I like being out on the open water. But private jet will get you there ASAP, no doubt. The Mark all right. Cuban's there. So... This is the last question. It is similar to the one y'all both got, but it's different because it's framed differently now. Y'all have been drafted and it was a different element. Would you rather lose all the money you have earned this year, Cade, or lose the memories of playing baseball this year? Lose all the money. Oh, he didn't hesitate. Jason took the same.
2: 100% agree, yeah. There's there's no way you lose those memories. That's, that's worth it's weight and gold. My thing. Do I get the
3: memories I mean, from the night too? Does it just baseball memories, or like the memories of everything because of
1: baseball? Well, I just framed it as baseball, but I guess they'd all be tied together. It seems like y'all already sold y'all. Y'all aren't selling out for the money, clearly. I mean, you'll make
3: hopefully just make a lot more some point in the future.
1: I always just – we always joke. We always say we'll take the money because we, we got wives and kids and everything costs a lot of money. But if I was Ooh. y'all's age, you know – Who's got I'm talking about me and Daniel when we just, oh, Huh? You got kids everywhere. On. You just don't know yet. You know them man. I you know. Them phone calls are coming, bro. <laughs> They're out
0: there. They're out there. I just don't know them yet. It's all right.
1: But anyways, go ahead and wrap this thing up, Mike.
0: Man, come on, talk to me. Y'all are still listening to this. If y'all are still here right now, we appreciate you. Definitely hit that subscribe button. Definitely leave a positive comment for Jim Cross's mental health. God knows he needs some positive Twitter comments right now or X, whatever you want to call it. But, man, we appreciate you guys being on the show today. You can find these dogs on Instagram right now, jcross2146, jcross2146. That is the only one. There is only one. There is no others. If it says anything about being forty-five, it's a damn lie. Well, it's when not it comes
1: a... when it comes to Instagram, you won't even find a picture of me. It's just all of them. All I do is plug. Hey, I them. swear to
0: God, I, I haven't even I haven't seen Sarah Cross in the longest. I mean, come on. Uh, but it's hey, okay. she's
1: going. Hey, guess what, man? She's going to the old Miss uh, Memphis exhibition on Sunday. This will only be the third college baseball game she's went to me in the three and a half years I've been covering it.
0: And you know what though? That's love, cause I know I know she could give a damn. But well, you know what? No, no, again. you know why she's
1: going. Key word: Where does she go to school, Mike? Where would she go back to get her masters, bro? I don't even know. To be honest Memphis, with you. bro. That's why I'll she's be, going. I'll she's be, going I'll... there to root against Ole Miss.
0: Listen, bro. Y'all talk about college, and I just, boop, you know, like it just is what it is. But you can find me at the shy dot You can find Jay at J S A V sixteen and Cade Keeler. I mean. He... <laughs> clean as day. I mean, that's just what it is, but in case you got some spelling problems, it is C-A-D-E-K-U-E-H-L-E-R. Next week, we got Landon Sims and R.J. Yeagerbom. I mean, I'm excited about it, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be tremendous. Jim, do we have a day on that? I believe that's Thursday. No, these
1: guys started a trend. They want Monday, too, because these guys got Monday. (sighs) Sorry about it. you um, cry uh, about
0: it he said cry about it I said it. You sorry know
1: about it not cry oh, about man. it oh man I thought he cry said cry about it would be better I thought he, he just do a dagger I was like
0: him. coming from the mental health guru himself told me to cry about it I was gonna lose my marbles but nah man we appreciate you guys coming on today definitely check out Cade's mental health stuff definitely check them all out on social media check Jason out root for the New York Yankees because god they need it Mike Trout to the Yankees confirmed um you know shout out to Jason for letting us know the insight but until then we will be back we are in there like swimwear next week Monday be there or don't we don't care baby because we're gonna have a good time regardless until then we will check you guys out on the next one for episode five of Pros and Joes Peace.